Express Bob. Uh, no, 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 not so, not so much exciting, I guess. Uh, here I am with, with both, both Everos and Spider Spurs. How are, you, how are you guys doing this this week? I am great. Uh, been having fun in Modern. I've been playing with some new cards in Legacy. Been having a good, good old Magic time. Yeah, yeah, about about the same. I haven't, I haven't jumped into Legacy. I, I just like saw so many monkeys there, and it, it scared me. So it is adventurous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been it's been fun man like this this past weekend of, of modern results has been uh pretty wild i feel like it's been a little bit all over the place um like things last week uh if you look at what did well and that kind of stuff like it's significantly different from what did well this week uh which i think it's awesome like people are still trying to figure out how this how this modern format uh works and um, it's 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 nice to be there. It's nice to be there, and you know, hopefully being being one of those trying to figure out the same thing at the same time. But um, I wanted to start off today's uh, today's podcast by talking about the fact that this past Friday, I went to a Modern Horizons two pre-release. Oh, and boy, dude, like, wow! I ha- I have forgotten how much I missed that and how amazing Paper Magic really is, dude. Like, it really... It, everything just came back. Like, the, the the whole excitement, you know? Like, just... W- when they gave me the little the little box and I was opening and I was opening the packs and I mean, obviously it helped that I saw, like, a Misty, a Verdant Catacombs and an Ignoble Hierarch <laughs> and I had an insane... And I had a, a ridiculous red-black deck 3 the pod easily. Like, that, that helped, obviously. But Paper Magic is amazing, man. Like, and, and I love that it's it's still there. And like, it was it was obviously small, you know. It was a very small pre-release because you know you can only have so many people inside the store at the same time and all that kind of stuff. But um, it it just was great. It just was great to just like meet somebody in there and just like, yo, how's it going? You know, like yeah, just playing playing some magic, dude. Yeah, well, like kill your thing, you know, like, okay, I'll block, you know, those kind of things, it's kind of like riding a bike, man, it just doesn't, I don't know, it, it was, it, I was just very happy this, this, this past weekend, so I thought I, I might as well share that with, with you folks. I, I think that's a really big part of Magic, and it was definitely a really big part for me, um, I mean, I was streaming, so like, you know, before the, the world went into all this. Um, I was streaming six days a week, and then my night off was me going and playing Magic at a store. <laughs> so it was like, I'm still just like playing Magic anyways, but it's such a different experience. And that was, that felt like, you know, Magic Online, I, I do get burnt out on. Um, and that, that like one night of playing Paper Magic felt like the thing that would just revitalize me wanting to, you know, everything. My, my want to play Magic would come back when I would actually get to go and, and play it in paper, so... Uh, I have not had an opportunity to yet, but um, but soon I think soon I've been doing spell table. That's been giving me like a little bit of that feel because I at least get to play with paper cards. But um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I have not done any paper either. In fact, I think literally every deck box that is sitting near me right now are decks of banned cards in various formats. So like, I've got Inverter, and I've got uh, uh, my, my Thalia Stompy deck with Simeon Spirit Guide. It's just, like, all these things, like, well, I can't do any of these. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's kind of brutal. Yeah, the, I when I I went to I have all my cars in my in my parents' house. That's where where my brother lives, and uh, he he usually just has all the cars there. And um, last time I went there, that's when I put together all of all of my pre-modern decks. I I've been buying a bunch of cars for pre-modern, and uh, we put together all of those, and then we started playing and you know, casting. Casting wild mongrels, man, is it's a beautiful experience. <laughs> it's something Casting, different, dude. Like two mana, two two. Discard a card, gets plus one plus one. Busted. <laughs> Broken. Broken. Uh, anyway, um, so so yeah, so I wanted to 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 throw that out there because a lot of you know some some places around the states and around the world, for that matter, uh, have started to to see some paper magic uh, come back and it's great that modern horizons 2 is actually a, a, an awesome set to to come back with like uh, modern horizons limited has been has been a lot of fun uh, so i don't know if and if you guys played any limited like this is definitely not a limited podcast but if you're trying to um to to, to get back into you know um into paper magic and you're like oh i don't have any of the cards that i you know i i used to have or like my cards are banned just like you're saying spider <laughs> uh, modern rise is actually a, a, a great place a great place to start and just like play play a draft or in this case a pre-release so it was just seal deck and it was it was awesome it was absolutely awesome but yeah all right so now talking about the actual impact that this this set that is fun to draft has had on 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 the modern format and if I had to, so the way that, I, that I'm that I'm looking at this is I'm looking at all the cards that we deem to be busted, you know, from in, in, during during the the previous season, and then I'm thinking about each one of them just like going upwards in terms of you know how how valuable we thought it was versus to how valuable it is right now, or how powerful I guess, and and then like going or going downwards, so. Mm-hmm. Ragavan, for example, this seems to have been the week of the monkey. I, I was high on this card from the beginning. So, like, no, I, like, same here. Same I, here, I thought this I, card in, in my Discord, I was like, yo, this monkey's busted. And everyone's yelling at me, like, hey, it's just going to get lava darted, idiot. It's going to die. <laughs> I'm like, no, dude, I'm telling you, like, if this thing goes unchecked, it's insane. And you know some of my some of the people in my Discord agreed with me. Some were very firm that it was not going to see any play. But monkey seeing play, <laughs> monkey, monkey good, monkey good, dude. Yeah, monkey good monkey in modern see. and legacy. Like that was the legacy I'd been playing. Like I, I did a league of the of like the the Delver deck that's now playing it, and it was like the easiest five zero of my life. And like <laughs> monkey was insane. Uh, they it had it had it's playing three new cards all from Modern Horizons Monkey the Dragon Channeler and also Murktide Region and like all three of them are insane, but Monkey's nuts and and I think I think it's better in Legacy but it is good in Modern. Um, yeah no and, and it and it's super underexplored which mm-hmm. is I I think it has to be with the fact that it's like a million tickets at MTG. Oh yeah, so, you have like, to be a millionaire nobody, to have monkeys right yeah, now. Yeah, nobody has has them, so you need to like have a friend that maybe open them in a draft or something. Yep. And like they're lending one copy or whatever, but like even the rental services don't don't uh, have them. Uh so obviously it doesn't see as much play because of I I I believe that is because of that, but like I've seen this in 
and Jeskai uh, shells, Jeskai Stoneblade shells, which is probably the best shell so far, like the the most, the one that has put up the best results this past weekend. Um, I've seen it in John shells. I've seen it in uh, black red shells with stuff like Lurus and whatnot. Um, it's 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 out there. I know the monkeys. Uh, it's finally starting to to see some play, and it's really good. I know. I know Spike was doing some Grixis stuff as well. Um, he's been doing Grixis and Jess yep. guy. Yeah, it, it, it's it's nice in 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 blue shells. It's nice in more mid rangey shells. It's nice in some aggro shells. Like the card. The card just does a lot. Like, it's not just a one-mana, two-powered threat. Like, it also just... It grinds super, super hard. And it ramps you, which... Like, the card's just insane. It's so yeah. good on... A, it's so much stuff on a one-drop. For sure. For sure. Like, the, the cause is just basically non-existent. Like, one red mana gives you so much. And I feel like it's really... One thing that was very undervalued during previous season is the dash, dude. The dash is crazy. The fact that, like, you're in a, in a board stall... And like you top like this, and you immediately get value from it. That's yep. just insane. That's just insane. Like two mana. Well, now I drew the monkey. You you take two. I have more mana, and I stole your card. Now cast your thing. It's insane. Like I I've been really really impressed by this monkey every time I've seen it in in play. I will say the card seems particularly good to me in those blue shells because you get to do things like hold up your archmage's charm after you hit them with it. Or the other thing, and I saw a little bit of the guy who, who won one of the challenges with the Jeskai Monkey Blade, uh, was just hit you with monkey, and he would like bolt their creature or whatever, right? So he pays a man and removes their thing, hits them with the monkey, and then because of the treasure token, now just holds up counterspell afterwards. Um, and obviously this is monkey on turn one, where I think it is best there, but as you mentioned, the dash, you like get to mid to late game, and it's just like, oh, you know, maybe you're in a board stall, maybe they don't have anything... And if you're just in top deck mode, you go, oh, cool, dash monkey. Um, so it, it draw a card basically. It, like that, <laughs> I, I think that dash piece in particular was the piece that at least I didn't really think about that much. I was like, yeah, that'll be like relevant very rarely, but it actually seems like it's more relevant than I would have thought. Yeah, no, I mean for sure, it makes it a significantly better top deck in the late game. Like when your card straight up wins the game when you cast it on turn one. And when you top deck in the late game, like it's still impactful and it's a one drop. It's just, it's it's a lot. It it really is a lot. It really is a lot. Yeah, um, I, I think that card has a lot to develop in the format. Yeah. Like I I think it, I think we're gonna start seeing a lot more monkey. Um, yeah, which is gonna yeah, be yeah. a nightmare for his price. <laughs> like an absolute <laughs> an absolute nightmare for the for the cost of that card. Yeah, dude, and when the Modern Horizons 2 queues disappear from MDGO, it's going to be even more expensive. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. That that card being a mythic uh, is kind of an issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Speaking of yeah. uh, great red one-drops from this set, um, actually, and you mentioned this from the Legacy list, Evan, uh, the Dragon Rage Channeler. That, that card, yeah. I think that might be, and, and you, I'm sure maybe you're going to disagree with me here, but... I think that card is the most efficient beater ever printed, or at least it's in that, like, top X amount. Like, to me, it, yeah. it's like, this is just better Delver. And I've been seeing I, people play it more and more. Like, you know, when people play Turn 1 Monkey against me, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not great. When they play that thing, it's like, oh, boy. Like, I, I am in for it. I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I think that card is the card that I am most impressed with from the whole set. 
it definitely depends on like what you're playing like it most of the decks I'm playing, monkey is scarier because I don't have like dudes to throw in the way of the monkey. Whereas like the you know the channeler flies and that's that makes it uh, can be a, you know a challenging card to to race if you're playing a strategy where you have creatures and whatnot. And you you are not playing flyers. Um, channeler definitely felt really good. Again, I haven't tried it much in modern. When I played it in that legacy list, it, it did feel really good. That surveil ability is pretty nuts. Um, it it is nasty alongside cantrips and whatnot um and uh yeah i mean the card the card is very aggressive it does take a little bit to get going it's not tr super trivial to get four types to get the delirium going you know you do have to build your deck in a way that can accommodate that and 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 while the surveillability like does help you get there, like it's an easy way to dump a creature into your graveyard without having something actually die or whatever, um, it still like is a little bit of a hurdle. Um, whereas like the monkey has no hurdle other than being a creature on the ground, but it's it it is good. It does feel really good. And I do think that's another card. I, I, same kind of thing as the monkey. I think it's better in Legacy, but I do think we're going to start seeing more of it in Modern. Yeah, re remember our, our preview episode, right? When I said that this was probably going to be the best card in the entire format. Yeah, I, 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 I do guess. think the card is mm. good. Mm. If, only, if only we had all listened to the Mistress Bubble podcast, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, we could have known. No, ahead of time. Um, no, for real. One of the, the the thing that I've been most impressed with this thing is like the interaction with Mistress Bubble is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I've seen this card be a 3-3 on turn 2 so, so often. Just because, you know, they go turn one, fetch, play this guy, being whatever, and, like, you know, you, you play this guy and you play Bubble right after, and, like, you're just there. You just have Delirium. Well, kind of, right? You have, you have land artifact, and then you need... You have land artifact, you being literally anything that's on top of your deck. That isn't a land. S sorcery. Sorcery, right. instant, creature. Like, you have so many types to, to do. Like, I, you're casting I have other not, spell next turn. So you've, you've been playing against the card a bit in Modern? Because I, I have not been, been paired against, against it, like, it. once. I've been seeing... I've been watching Spike play with okay. it. And he's been, like, making it a 3-3 on turn 2 very consistently. Gotcha. Just by uh, throwing four bubbles in there. Like, bubble is basically... that That's kind of what I meant it, by the, like... insane enabler. Insane yeah. enabler for this yeah. card. That that's what I meant by like you do need to like construct the deck a little bit to to you know support the card, but bobble yeah, I guess sure. is a pretty low cost it's, anyway. It's, it's such a low cost. I mean, Spike was you, playing... you're playing Lurus anyway, <laughs> right? Yeah. So he he was playing you're it playing Lurus. in like uh um, he like was bringing back Mono Red Phoenix because of this thing, um. But mm -hmm. I mean, exactly what Franz Lurus like. You got Channeler, Bobble, and then, oh, I'm playing Luris deck builds itself. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, Bobble's already one of, it's, actually, I, I'm just going to say, Bobble's the best cantrip in modern. Yeah. Right? Like. I don't think it's close. Yeah. I don't think it's close because there's no real competition. <laughs> <laughs> Serum Visions? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's Serum Visions, Bad. there's Opt, there's. Like, technically, now there's Expressive Iteration, which is kind of a cantrip, not yeah. really a cantrip, can't, more of a draw spell. Expressive Iteration is actual card advantage, There's, there's um, yeah, there, there's, there, it depends on, like, how you're categorizing it. Because then there's also, like, yeah. Light of the Stage, which is, like, kind of cantrip. There's Metamorphose, that's kind of a cantrip. Yeah. Morphos well, is there, also really good. Morphos is pretty good. Right, I was going to say, Morphos is also up there. Yeah. I, I, on that note, yeah, I, I haven't seen 
any abundant harvests, like at all. That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> I one of the most once. overhyped cards in the set, I think. Like people I... were so stoked about this card, and it sucks. I, I, don't I know. think like... the card's good. I still think it's good. I just don't think it has a deck. Like I think no. I I'm seeing it in Legacy, and it's looking really impressive in the decks that I'm seeing in Legacy. Um, and I think like if you know. Uro got banned, Fuel of the Dead got banned. If, like, that Bant control deck was still a thing, I think it would, like, I think I would be playing that in that Bant control deck. Um, the but way that I think, there just isn't a deck I, for it. No, what, what I was thinking about is, like, what makes it different between Modern and, and Legacy? And what I was thinking about is that um, the fact that there's no deck is a big deal. And, mm -hmm. like, in the, the every single deck that I've tried it has been, you know, Green White Reclaimer, Amulet, those kind of decks. It's not a good cantrip there because you're looking you're always looking for very specific cards. And something that was upon a time gave you that this does not is card selection. This does this doesn't give you any card selection. Well at it all. gives you a I mean, technically it does. It lets you select between land and non land. Like that is card selection, right? Yeah, but what I'm saying is like But you don't get options a... in your face and get to exactly. choose between those things. Exactly. Right? Like uh, once upon a time, um ancient steerings, like those kind of cantrips, um, they let you look at X cards and then you pick whatever you need amongst those. So in those five, if there's an Asusa, or there's a primeval titan, in different spots of the of the match you're gonna be picking one or the other, right? Like if you're if you're in turn two, maybe right. the Asusa is exactly what you're looking for. But if you're looking for an Asusa, if you abandon Havers into a prime time, it's basically like you time walked yourself. Like you just spent one mana and you got nothing out of the deal. So like the pieces are very, very specific that you're looking for. In legacy, that's just not the case. Like not only that, but also your lands. Like if you're <laughs> looking for a bounce line and you find a basic forest, mm -hmm. like you you haven't really done anything whatsoever, right? Uh, in Legacy, it's different because if you're looking for a land, whether you get a fetch land, a tundra, or like a volcanic island or a tropical island, like it just doesn't really matter. Like your fail case, I guess, is like finding a Caracas. Maybe maybe you don't want the white source and you find the Caracas and that sucks. That's like the worst thing that can happen. And in terms of the cards, you're like <laughs> everything's you action. Yeah, so you're you're just like spell, and it's like all right, and all right, cool, yeah. everything's good. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's either gonna be a removal to stop your opponent from doing the thing, or it's gonna be a threat like an Uro or a Jace that can actually bring you back into the game. Uh, or like worst case scenario, you find another cantrip, and then that cantrip finds whatever it is that you're looking for. You know what I'm saying? So, that's kind of that's kind of what I meant with like the Bant deck too. Like saying like if I had that Bant deck, the way that deck was constructed, it was pretty much just like good stuff spells and anything would have been fine or lands which if you need lands whatever and then some of the lands happen to be really good like fuel of the dead or whatever but but yeah no that, that's what i mean like it feels like there's not just like a pile of good cards deck anymore because they they banned all the good you know they got rid of the oko they got rid of the Uro, they got rid of all the stuff that just like was the generic good stuff not all i mean there are still some generic good stuff cards but they got rid of like what that you know, a lot of what makes up that shell in Legacy, and like some of those pieces are still alive in Legacy, and that's the deck that I've been seeing in. That it looks actually pretty impressive. So, like, if that deck was still around in Modern, I think we'd actually see quite a bit of this card. I, I do think that there is a way where this card could be good in Modern, but I was thinking about it, and I think that this card is an inherently good, better in a deck that doesn't play a lot of lands, right? Like, so you're, you're playing it in Titan. I, I don't think 
you know, like you're playing a ton of lands, obviously, but it's not like, like 30, you have yeah. a lot of, I mean, you have a lot of non-lands as well that aren't the hit. Like if you're like, oh, I need Titan, you're going to go non-land and oh, I hit Grazer, right? Like I hit Amulet, I hit Azusa, exactly. I hit wh- whatever it is. Um, so you're not always hitting the cards you need. And on top of that, I also don't think it's great in our aggressive strategies because you don't want to take time off from being aggressive. So it like fits this weird niche rule without those cantrips, without that like generic good stuff deck. And I, I just like such a deck doesn't really exist. Like the best fit for that would be like Tron, but in that case, you're just gonna always play Ancient Stirrings over it. Yeah, you're never playing this. Over so it's like I think yeah, and, such and a deck because could if exist. Because, if because of oh, sorry. Um, I, I was going to say, like, it's because of this, you're looking for a specific thing. Like, Tron is another great example for this, where, like, if you're looking for an Ursus mine, if you, say, land with Harvest and you find an Ursus Tower, like, you're, you're not closer, right? Like, you're, you're not closer to what you were looking. So, the cantrip is pretty much irrelevant. Like, you, you spent a mana, and what you got out of the deal was not really better than the one mana that you did spend. So like you you did not really do get any progress done with the, with the with the the card that you used and the mana that you spent. Hmm. I think it it might just be a matter of time. Like, you know, once such a deck pops up again, like if you get like some kind of I don't know, if it's like a green based combo deck maybe that isn't scapeshift. <laughs> um Maybe there's some, like, Omnath pile or something that wants to play it. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's it, it's it's cool. Like, it, it's it's a very mysterious country, I think. Like, in terms mm-hmm. of... It, it is not necessarily comparable to any country that we have seen in the past. You know? It's very, it's very unique in, in well, that way. Well, yes and no. It is directly another card. It is... So, this is Abundant Harvest... Abundance was another card that was an enchantment that is exactly that effect. You play the enchantment, and every draw step, you you decide that. You say it, it was a four mana green enchantment just called Abundance, and you would say land, and you keep flipping cards to so hit the land, or you say non land, you keep flipping cards to so hit non land. Um, so it is it is a reference to that card, but that was not a cantrip, right? That was not yeah. a one mana cantrip, but it was that effect. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Sounds really bad. Uh, it's it's not great, but there are definitely some commander decks that like playing it. Um, yeah, there's always a commander deck for literally yeah. any card ever. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, that I would definitely consider Abundant Harvest to be one of the you know. I think give it time. Downwards. I, I think kind of. Card. I think it doesn't have a home, but I think it's a card that we could could see play at some point. Hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um. Another card, obviously, that has uh, that is seeing some play is Counterspell, but I don't think that really surprises anybody. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a direct upgrade to what we had in the format, but I still, I think there are good control decks right now. There are decks that are playing it. I think we're going to see more of it once the format settles a bit, because I've been trying to play control decks in this format, and it is brutal right now. Like, yep. the format is so open, and a control deck relies so much on a on a like targeted sideboard especially and i just i like 
I can't be ready for this format. <laughs> it's like I keep trying to make control decks that are like ready to go for this format. And it's like, all right, well, like this card's pretty good. Like like three minute to fairy is pretty good against some decks right now. And then I'll just like hit a league where it just has no relevance the whole time. <laughs> like it's I need stony silence effects. And then like I'll even hit artifacts artifact decks where stony silence isn't good. And you need like Kataki or something. And it's just it's super hard to play a control deck right now, and that's obviously where you're going to see most of your counter spells. I think playing control deck right now is like, it's like a bold move. Um, yep. Once things settle down, I think those decks are going to get a little bit better, like Esper Control and whatnot, once they know the tools that they need to have access to. And then when that happens, we're going to start seeing a lot more counter spell. But I, I actually think that Imperial Recruiter is somewhat in a similar boat because you need to know what silver bullets you're going to go grab. And so both in terms of building your sideboards is really hard, as well as, like, usually you're going to try to jam, you know, depending on the deck, a couple of silver bullets in your main deck. And it's like, well, okay, what, which which ones are good enough? You know, like, which is the, the silver bullet that I'm just, like, going to always grab? You, know, you can kind of guess toward it. Maybe it's, like, Magus, maybe it's Prelate, whatever. But I, I do think once that's more defined, it'll be a lot clearer of, like, ooh, I'm going to put, like, a Sanctifier Invec in my main deck, or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And playing anything that's react, like that's trying to react to the format, is just really challenging right now. It's 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 a really good time to be playing proactive stuff that doesn't care too much about what your opponent's doing, um, because what they're doing could be anything right now. Yeah, and uh, even more so, like speaking of counterspell, like one of the issues that I see with the card is the fact that I've been beating Counterspell by just not playing spells. Because yeah, Urza Saga, Urza Saga. <laughs> that's exactly that. Dude, they were like, here's Counterspell. Also, here's a land you can't counter that makes two threats that are going to beat your face in. And then also Mode 3 goes and gets a thing and just puts it right into play. Doesn't even put it into your hand, just right into play. Your Counterspell will be dead the entire game. What? Well, it's the worst. <laughs> like it's yep. just like, it was such a slap in the face. Whatever. Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> I knew like... counterspell wasn't going to be that. Like I knew it was going to be an upgrade to what we had, but we're going to have to adjust our mana. But it's not like it's going to take control to like all of a sudden be insane because counter spells in general are just kind of like they're like pretty good in modern, but not that good. <laughs> and this no. that card just made them so much worse. No, I, I've seen counterspell like where it's had the most success is in proactive strategies. So mm-hmm. we see Counterspell like doing well in uh, the context of Stoneblade decks. We see Counterspell as being good in the context of, uh, you know, uh, Channeler, Lurus-style decks uh, with um, Sprite Dragon and whatnot. So we don't really see control, hard control decks mm-hmm. doing well. Stoneblade's making a big saying. comeback. Yeah, yeah no, so for sure. Stone, Stoneblade is... I, I, I'm really liking that direction a lot of the a lot of the like blue white x decks are are stoneblade and there's like a ton of different versions of stoneblade that are that are performing pretty well um and like beyond just counterspell like they, they've gotten a couple of good cards from this like that cauldra complete card has actually been pretty sick too um yeah thank you they I'm get like thank this you. yeah <laughs> well like they get they get it's like you have you have defensive batter skull and then you have offensive cauldra complete which is like super sick you get to now like stoneforge just gets to decide like am i trying to dumpster the opponent or am i needing to take a back foot and that's like a really cool tool to have in like a mid-rangey control deck so 
I, I we're definitely seeing more of that than the like supreme verdict terminus kind of blue white decks um but uh but yeah urza saga and all that kind of stuff is definitely making just like counterspell itself just kind of whatever you need to it, it's hard to be like not putting pressure on the opponent and then like just sitting there with counterspells you need to be like doing something and then protecting your stuff with counterspells is what it feels like yeah no for sure and obviously like counterspell works well with ragavan which kind of mm-hmm. puts you in this in this spot um i was i was wondering like did you play any stoneforge caldra complete spiders oh, yeah. and if so did you happen to get your token archmage's charmed no i have not <laughs> had my token archmage's charmed i've had people try to push the token i had somebody try to abrade <laughs> the cauldra uh i mean i have too like it, people keep thinking like oh yeah like it, Part, they, they think like part of it is indestructible, but not the other part, and they're like, all right, I'm going to get him. Yeah. But um, Archmage's Charm would certainly get me if that's, you know, if that had come up. <laughs> Actually, for, for the decks that I like to play, I feel like it's been more relevant in these creature matchups than against something that would be playing Archmage's Charm, like, which in my mind is going to be more of like a control thing a lot of the time. So, you know, like I played, I played against these just insane ephemerate decks where it's like i'm also playing recruiter and we're just both flickering things and trying to get things on board and it's just ridiculous and you get this down you're like all right like whatever like you're not gonna block it ever and then they get their own and it's just horrible (laughs) have you have you gotten a uh have you gotten a cauldron complete equipped with a batter skull yet i did that the first league with it actually yeah it's so (laughs) sick But I've had that same experience. Like, people don't realize yet that the card has double indestructible. Like, every aspect yep. is just indestructible, and they just keep making mistakes. I had an opponent, like, go. he went to do something, and he was like, oh, man, that has indestructible. And then the very next turn, he tried to destroy the Cauldre Complete itself. It was like, oh, come on. <laughs> he literally, like, sent me a message in chat, and he was just like, look, I really, I don't know how to read. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was it was pretty funny. Yeah, the card is brutal. The card is absolutely brutal, and it really shines against literally every single deck that I have ever played in my life. Yeah, <laughs> it is good. It, it, it's good, and it. I think that was a. I think that card is a big boon for the Stoneforge strategies, and that's another reason that we're starting to see more of them. Um, and another. Okay, like I know this isn't directly related to gameplay, but man, they did a really good job of like knowing exactly which cards are going to be sick and making them all mythics. Like other than Urza Saga, it's just like all the mythics in the set are the bombs, and they're all a billion dollars. Like Cauldre Complete's actually in paper. I mean, I guess it's pre-order prices, but like really, really expensive. Um, this set's expensive, man. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sucks. Another card that. I'm seeing that, like, dude, like, this this Stoneblade deck is playing mm-hmm. all of the new cards. And this is one that I called, because I was really high on it. And actually, two cards that I called. I think Prismatic Ending mm-hmm. is going to be a modern staple, and I think it's grossly underplayed right now. Well, I, I think this week that changed. I'm seeing it everywhere now. I'm seeing it in any deck that can play it i'm seeing like three to four copies it's, it's really starting to break out like yeah. this week yeah, yeah. I, I i during previous season i'm like this is probably one of the most impactful cars that, that, that we're that we're seeing yeah, like, this, this on one that. was was spoiled pretty early actually 
Yep. Uh, yeah, you were you were really big on that right away, and I I was I was kind of skeptical about it. I because of the list I've been playing, I have not actually played with it myself yet because I'm I'm you like the couple of white decks that I've been playing have been just blue white, and I felt like it's kind of iffy when it's just two colors. Like I really want to be trying it more in like Jeskai and Esper. Um, but uh, but I'm seeing it pop up everywhere, and it does seem it does seem pretty good. It's really pretty, pretty good, good at hitting. I mean, you know, we talked about the food decks a good bit, and that deck does something. And you know, playing your cookbook right away, usually people have a hard time interacting with that on turn one. Same, same for Amulet, right? And and this mm-hmm. card just answering that cleanly on turn one is it's so good. And even on mana, even on mana, just like you're even always trading even, which is which is just so good. Yeah. And like we were talking about, like Kadra complete being a problem. Well, this this one doesn't care. Either vile, out of here. And Snaring Bridge, yep, gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. Like it just feels like this card just covers everything. It just feels like it just covers every single card that you care <laughs> about killing, and it's you're like, always doing it in, at, a, at a good rate. It reminds me of like because I've always been doing blue white stuff, you know. It's like getting to play Detention Sphere again, but that, like, scales with the game, kind of, you know? Like, Detention Sphere, once you get later on, of course, would catch everything. But, like, nobody plays that card anymore. But it's like a Detention Sphere that you can play on turn one. It's your catch-all that, you know, one to, can catch things that are one one to three. I, again, it, it does have its limitations, but... Um, but, yeah, being, like, Detention Sphere would be way too slow to stop an amulet, you know, or, or to stop the cookbook. This one is not. On, on the note of, you know, like you're playing three color decks it's hard to hit things after that um it in that ragavan deck it's like oh i got treasures I, like, treasures I, I, yeah just, here get your get your five mana thing because they, they can make rainbow mana mm-hmm. yeah for sure that's that's a very very small thing yeah. but it all uh, comes back it, to the it monkey, comes up man. yeah it that for sure comes so up good. Killing, killing a Jace or something like that sounds sounds definitely like a reasonable thing. And you can snap cast it back, obviously, because... Yep. Why not? <laughs> yeah. And, and the other card that I feel like I also kind of predicted a little bit, Subtlety. Subtlety sucks. <laughs> Subtlety sucks. I, I played it in... Ram here, but... <laughs> you, right, well, let go, me say my thing go. first. Please let me say my thing first. Hold here. on, hold on. Because I played it in a league, and it severely disappointed me. There we go. Um, It did severely disappoint me. I did not get to hard cast it once, though. And I do feel like in the cases where you get to hard cast it, it's sick. But, like, it just, it felt so... There was, like, one moment in the league that that it was hot. And I don't even remember. I think it was, like... I honestly don't even remember what it was. But it did win me the game. But every other time that card was in my hand, it just felt so. It felt like such a bad exchange every time I had to do it. Every time the card went on top of their library, and they just played it the next turn, and it got me. Um, and I was down two cards trying to delay it a turn. It, it was, it was not what I needed. Um, I don't, I don't think I can confidently say that the card's bad yet because I am seeing people have success with it. I am seeing it pop up. It just was, it, I don't know, my, my preliminary tests with it have felt really rough. So, I don't care about control. I'm just going to go ahead and just, like, right away, just, like, I think that's where you're trying it, and I think that in order for it to be good there, you're really having to be 
actually, and maybe this is a good thing for the moment, is being more proactive. Like you, like for it to be good, you have to have that walker down, right? Like that. That's where it, it was. Would make to be up. fair, it was it was a stone blade deck. Okay. It, it was Bant stone blade. Okay. The places where I've been playing against it the most, I, I mentioned pure recruiter earlier, trying that in humans. I just got absolutely dumpstered by the Rhinos deck, which used to be that kind of matchup, like a Cascade thing, and I think it should still be good, but I got destroyed by them, and it was almost entirely because of subtlety, and it was like, oh, if you draw subtlety, I lose the game, like just, that was the whole matchup, um, and obviously, you know, there, there's, there's a little more nuance, like you can turn one Aether Vial, there, there's some things, but um, so it was game one, I went turn one Noble Hierarch, they subtletied it, and I was like, wow, okay, so I guess I know what I'm playing against. I did not top it. I had another in my hand, a two-lander. I'm like, okay, I'm going to play Thalia on two. And they play their land, and I played a Hierarch. I missed my land three, and then they went, fire, kill your Thalia and your Noble. And then they put ten power into play. And it was like, okay, all right, I, I am just positively dead. And, I like, again, I, I do think it's really different for control, but I think that the combination, uh, well, I mean, you know, there's different Cascade decks, but... Free spells are really good. Like, they are... And, you know, I know Grief is different. Grief has been similar. Like, most people aren't really playing it. But out of Living End, they just, like, free Grief you? It is insane. Um, I just feel like it... Okay, so I think calling that free is wrong. Because two for one in yourself... What, I, if, if it is in a deck where you are then capitalizing on it and then immediately killing somebody, sure. But, like two cards to aether gust is a serious cost like it's not two cards to force of will you know like i feel like and, and it's it ain't aether gust like they get the choice if it's a bad card they put it on bottom it doesn't have to go on top it's not memory lapse right so like i don't know man two two cards to aether gust exactly a creature or a walker just has felt from the other side low impact the 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 scenario you just described also just sounds like they had an insanely good hand lined up against you and it kind of feels like the fire and ice is what got you not the same. yeah it, it does kind of sound like the fire and ice <laughs> is the huge blowout you, you say that but i think that the, card's been good the for difference me by the of way. my having that mana there or not is is tremendous like i you, you turn one play your dork like do you really want to then go turn two okay like just replay my door play land do nothing else. like you're trying to go one to three no, but... and now your opponent's like all right like that play is irrelevant so oh my best case scenario is i i bottom it like yes obviously the the fire also helped but the very next game i played again you know again i i, I like had i think i went turn one vial and i like turned two tried to play my thalia and then it was like okay like here's the subtlety they put in the power the very next turn because they had gemstone cavern and it's like you know, yes, I understand these are good draws out of them, but late right, in the game, right. I'm like, okay, I like here's a mana starter. I'm gonna win the game. They're like hard cast subtlety, and I'm like, oh, all right. Like it just it, it dumpstered me all phases of the match against them. But, but like the so like the noble play, <laughs> like that could have just. I mean, I I under, it couldn't have been because you were playing against exactly that deck, but like. Every, everything kills a noble. It could have been a exactly. bolt, could have been a fatal push, could have been a lava dart, like anything does that, and that wouldn't have two for one then. So yeah. the big difference here, and I'm going to bring up another free card, because this is more what I've played, is mm -hmm. you still get to play something on turn one. So I've played a decent amount with um, the white one. Um, I'm blanking on the name right now. Solitude. Solitude, Solitude. thank you. Um, and, you know, 
I I get to go like turn one. I play my Aether Vial, and they and I still get to kill the Dork while I also develop my mana. So even if I had Lightning Bolt or Dismember or whatever, you know, pick your piece of removal, I still also got to develop my board while answering yours tempo free, just completely, just it's gone, and I still do my thing. So again, in the case of control, you're like maybe you don't you don't really have that proactive things to do maybe oh i got to play my opt which feels a lot less good in terms of impacting the board when your turn one play yourself is oh i played my own dork or my aether vial or my whatever it is yeah i mean the, the way that i see it is like your opponent didn't really use that mana for anything anyway so they are just playing subtlety in that scenario specifically because of the restrictions of their playing a cascade deck so they cannot mm -hmm. play something like a lightning bolt if they had, like, especially when you're saying that they had the, the gemstone covers or whatever, mm -hmm. like, you're at that point, you're in a situation where literally any spell would have been fine. Like, any bolt, any push, anything like that would have done the, exactly the same thing that Subtlety did, except it, uh, your opponent would have not, because they didn't use their mana for anything else, right? Like, it's not like they got that that tempo that they gained, quote unquote. Um, everybody's favorite war, the tempo. Um, that tempo that they gained, like, it, they didn't really gain any tempo, really. Because no, like, they they, still... their mana went unused anyway. So, they're, so at they're that point, like, is, is it really... Their gemstone cavern yeah. mana did, but not their then land mana where they got to then like ice your permanent or fire your permanent or stomp or brazen bar or bounce your thing. Like Yeah, but what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is like on that turn, right, when they, when they use the subtlety, if they don't have the gemstone cavern, then they're not using ice, right? So they can use a one mana removal spell at that point. So they could, have, if they, if you were had been playing against a control deck that had a bolt instead of the subtlety, yeah. So I agree, you would have lost anyway. Deck. That's what I'm saying. Like it's not that subtlety is what won the game. Like it's not that the card was insane. It, like it sounds like it. It sounds like it is the like the worst way to be doing that thing. Like, exactly. That's but I get that you're say. saying, so, like, you're arguing that it is not the worst thing to be doing there because you also get to then do something in there. So you're saying that there is theoretically a deck that is going to be able to, like, do this and then also capitalize on not having to spend the mana. Or there already is a deck like this deck that isn't just, they're just not doing a turn one or whatever, exactly. right? Right. So, I mean, it depends. Like, I, I think we're largely in agreement. And again, I, I think you guys know more about, or specifically you, Evan, would know more about control and and so maybe it's not good there, but I think I think there are situations the two cards hurts. where it is good. And I I, th I think grief yeah. is very much the same way. Everyone was like freaking out over grief. It's going to be so good, and I've just hardly seen it at all. But the, out of those living end decks, like they are proactively using their mana, they're cycling those things, and they can they can run subtlety too. And, and so it's like they they just like do this thing for free. It stops you from doing your thing, and then like. You know, the very next turn, like turn three, oh, 10 power, or in, in the case of living end, it could even be more than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the way to take advantage of, of uh, subtlety, obviously, is by not caring about the card disadvantage, and how do you, you know, not care about the card disadvantage? Well, you kill your opponent. So if you're going to be doing subtlety, and then on the next turn you're putting in 10 power, then like the fact that you two for one yourself didn't really matter too much because like your opponent is dead in like next turn, so, like you're fine, you you, yeah. you don't care, right? Um, so I feel like I've been seeing it out of decks like the Stoneblade deck, for example, 
and mm-hmm. one interaction that I think it's cool and does work in the Stoneblade uh, deck is um, with Ragavan. So like even if like they they uh, subtlety my primeval titan, I put it on top, but I know that they have a Ragavan, so I just put it on the bottom because I can't have them. Flip it's the that titan. Aether Gust, that exactly. same Aether Gust so, deal. But at, at, at that point, maybe Aether Gust would have just been fine. And they're Ooh, getting the mana of the Ragavan, and like that's actually still sick. Thing, but that's another sick like dash thing with the Ragavan. They might yeah. not know you have the Ragavan. You do it and then you dash it. It's kind of yeah, sweet. for sure, for sure. So like in that specific context, it has felt fine. But then also, my opponent, like, on turn two, I was playing the Dryad, and they subtletied it, pitching a Cryptic, and then two turns later, they are just flooding out, because they don't have a Cryptic now. (laughs) They could have had a Cryptic that could have countered my Dryad a couple of turns from now, but instead they pitch it to the subtlety, so now they're in a situation where, like, well, I just got nothing going on so like yeah your go i guess and i won that game easily because my opponent just did not have cards they, they couldn't recoup the card disadvantage that they had they had gone into and i was just able to very easily win from there we're, we're back to the the situation of like maybe it's it's bad in those control decks but like i mean you can do the same yeah thing you, you are you are Ragaman. arguing it is bad in the control decks. like yeah. uh, i go ahead i think it is I, I would like to see, I guess, just some other cases where, like, I think it is good in that Cascade deck. And one of the reasons I think it's good in that Cascade deck is because their their sources of interaction are really limited. To Three mana to fairy is a huge problem for that deck. So the fact that you can subtlety a three mana to fairy is insane. Um, I think I, I think that's one of the best reasons to run in that deck. Because even Brazen Borrower is, like, a tricky card to answer the Teferi with because you still have to do it at sorcery speed. So then you need five mana to do that plus the Cascade. Um but but the fact you can subtlety the Teferi on the stack, I think, is pretty big. Um, but, like, if there are some... Uh, I just need to see some other decks doing it where it's, like... It's not just, like, super good in this one. Like, it, like is Merfolk or something? You know, like, if that's, like, a thing, that's a deck they could play. There are tons of blue cards. They they have a bunch of ways to draw cards, whatever. Like, I, I just I just feel like I need to see it in some other shells that it actually looks impressive in. So Merfolk, It does seem very good in that deck, Merfolk though. does not have a lot of ways to draw cards. Like, that that's a, like... Well, they have they have ways to... They have, like, Silver Gilded. Recoup that. cards. Yeah, okay, yeah. They have Silvergill. They have that other, like, that other dude that has, like, the kicker kind of thing that does it. Um, the new god. The new god does it now. That one okay. draws cards. Okay. Maybe I, I'm not, like, I haven't... I played against, like, new merfolk maybe once, and it was, like, not a not a problem for me. But no, like, I, I think I mean, another... Yeah, I, we're not saying... Disclaimer, we're not saying that merfolk is good. Sure. It is not, <laughs> <but yeah. laughs> I'm just saying, what are the other shells where this card is going to look good? Yeah, that's what I'm so curious I, I about. Because I think it looks really good in the Cascade deck, and that's kind of the only place I'm seeing it look really strong. Mm-hmm. I feel like Mill might be able to play it because it does that same thing. It's already, it's naturally built into the deck where you are removing cards from the top of the library, and they also mm-hmm. have, like, they're playing Luris to get back card advantage, and they're playing the, the thing that becomes just Ancestral. So, like, it seems like that could be a, a decent spot where I get to, again, proactively, I develop my board, I play my crap, I play my mill spell, and then I, whatever, subtlety your thing, keep going. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't think the card is just, like, unplayable. That I, does seem like a good spot. Yeah. Is it, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's unplayable. I'm just saying that it was ridiculously ridiculously overhyped, and everybody yeah, yeah. when I was when I was saying this is not as good as you think it is, 
to, to everybody that would come into my chat, it's like, oh, subtlety, Primeval Titan is dead forever, now people have a free Aether Gust, and it's just like, I am not too worried about this card, I don't think it's as good as you folks think it is, and like, this I is, think that that is just true. I think that This is more of a discussion, as... we, we were saying that this is more of a discussion, not necessarily of like, which cards are good, which cards are bad, but more just like, where yeah. we thought these cards were going to exactly. be, and if they're better than what we thought they were going to be, or worse than we thought they'd be, and exactly. I, think sol- I, I, I think Subtlety is just an example of like, people were very high on this card, and I think it is worse than what they thought it was going to be, but it is probably still going to be a player in this format. Um, I do think that there are going to be decks, and, and that Cascade deck is a great example of one that I think is going to make really good use of this card, and I think there are there are very likely going to be other decks that are going to make use for it. I just know people are really high on it very broadly, and especially in control decks, and I don't think it's necessarily I, very good there. Most of the cards, are most of the free cards are, are kind of that way, where we're just like not seeing mm-hmm. that much of them. Like, you're seeing a but couple... But they're popping up. You're, you're seeing a couple copies I've seen of all the white five. one here and there. You're seeing like a couple yeah. copies of like the green and the red ones and sideboards. But for the mm-hmm. most part, it's like far and few between with like, I would say the the black and the blue ones seeing play in, the, in, in those kind of decks. And then like it's like one or two copies of the white here and there. And like, I'm playing four copies of the white one in, you know, like my Yorion blink things. And it's actually been really good there, but it doesn't, it does seem really good when you can abuse it with blinks. Right. I mean, I'm not even playing a feminist and it's it's just, it's just good. Um, I I got to, do you have, do you have displacer? I'm I'm not on displacer. No. I mean, displacer is weird because like, obviously you pitch a thing, you displace, it sounds awesome. But in order to do that best, you want to play Eldrazi Temple, which means you're putting a bunch of non-white cards in your deck. Displacer itself can't even pitch to it. So it's like kind of that is awkward. automatically working against itself. Um, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I got to... There was a game where I I like played things to the board. Um, I, I think I like Stoneforge got Maul, and then my opponent like played some creatures, and I pitched it to Maul and viled in Yorion... <laughs> to exile it before it went away. And it's just like, what? Like, this is just <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, for sure. Like, th- these pitch cards have been... I feel like none of them have lived up to the hype with the exception of the green one, which everybody thought that it yeah. was going to be terrible. And it is the most expensive right now on Magic it's Online good. because it's ridiculous in Legacy. Like people it's are super main good decking, in Legacy. People are main four. decking between two and four copies of this card, and like yeah. playing the full playset in the seventy-five. Well, it's just because it's like, I mean, not just because like obviously it's graveyard interaction which is big, and then it happens to just be like sick against Delver. Exactly, um, it's cast. It, and Delver, Delver is so popular right now because Delver just got insane cards, like yeah. insane cards. Yeah, um, for sure. It, it I have, messes with the, the dragon, the Mork Titan. Well, okay, region. so that's where I was about to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's the card that I did not think was going to... I think I super undervalued that card in Modern. And dude, I've only played... I, I just started playing with it. Dude, you should have listened to the podcast where I call this card <laughs> Hogak. It's... The card's insane. And, like, the first list it's I played with it that. was sick. And that list felt really weird, and, like, it was this blue moon list, and it didn't have any force negations, and it felt like this card really wants to play with force negations, so you can, like, slam it and then have a really good protection spell for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, this card's insane. 
Like it is it is like a 6-6 to an 8-8 so frequently, and it is super, super hard to kill, and it stabilizes a board really quick. Like the card's just nuts. And it, so like I've been working on the enchanter stuff still, but like some of my focus has really started to shift to this dragon because it feels good. And I'm just trying to find like what control shells I can play this thing in. So far, Blue Moon feels like the best one. Um, I'm surprised but it, it, to hear you say that, sick. like that you want it in control. Like, to me, the card doesn't, I don't know, like, I guess Control used to try to play, like, Tassiger stuff, but I haven't seen the card. I've played against right. it zero times, and I feel mm -hmm. like maybe people aren't really trying to make it work. Like, I haven't seen people do things like I, I think it's low. and do that, but... That's what I'm doing. Like, you gotta do that with... I mean, like, I imagine... I, again, I, I mentioned this with Prowess, I think, when we looked at the card, like, maybe you could play Thought Scour and just play it that way, or mm -hmm. maybe, like, Grix's Shadow picks it up, and I just, like, just aren't... I'm not, I'm not seeing that. So, in in Blue Moon, a big threat, a, a very popular threat in the history of Blue Moon has been Thing in the Ice. And it feels just like a way better Thing in the Ice, because you don't have to do the work of flipping it. You get you get the, like, payoff of the flip, like, the two-mana, like, you know. It, it's a two-mana threat that is just, like, huge, and you're a deck that can protect it really easily. Um, and, like, Thing in the Ice, you had to jump through some hoops, and also it was fatal pushable. Um which sucked. Uh, this one, you can't fatal push it. Uh, you don't get the bounce effect, which was good, but it's just like, it is massive immediately. And it's like very immediately a problem. Um, it, it's, it is just, it's been much better than I thought it was going to be. I don't know if it's going to be insane, but from the little bit I've played with it so far, it has felt like super good. Um, but that that's the only shell I tried in yet. I'm not I haven't tried it in non-red shells cuz it feels like you want to be in that exactly that like thought scour bunch of snapcaster mages like bolt bolt snap bolt kind of deck where you can really like fill up your graveyard and then slam it and it, it, it does like compete a little bit with snapcaster mage but then it's also good with snapcaster mage cuz once you have it in play and you snap something it has that secondary ability that when a card leaves your graveyard it does it, it gets the counters like retroactively which is cool. Um I don't know. The, the card's been pretty sweet. And, like, you just slam it, and it, it like, so few things kill it, you know? Um, yep. And you, it, it, so it's like you have to, like, protect it from, like, the one thing. Like, you know, Fatal Push misses it, all the bolt, all the burn effects miss it because it's huge. Um, yeah, that card, that card has impressed me. It's basically like, That card path. I didn't think was going to be sick. Yeah, it, it's Path and, like, maybe, like, you know, Lily or something. Like, I don't know, really not a lot of things do it. And it beats, like, everything in combat, too, which is sick. It's huge. Um, and it's flying, it's evasive, it's flying, it's hard to kill, it, it's awesome. Um, and, it, like, there's so there were so many games, the, the first league I played through, there were so many games where it was just sitting there, and, like, I had four mana, and just had that and a counterspell in my hand. <laughs> it's like, okay, like, I'm gonna play this and have counterspell up, and also now there's a force in my hand. <laughs> like, it's so hard to kill this thing. Um, and it kills so quickly, especially when backed up by bolts and all that, like, yeah, the card the card's really good. A Gurmog Angler, you can't chump. Yeah, exactly. You you, you can't even chump it. Yeah. And it's bigger than a Gurmag. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's in a better color. Like like now it's in the, it's in the color that is like filling up its graveyard. I, I don't know. I, I've it's my it's like the current thing I'm I'm trying to mess with now. Like I, I messaged Spider earlier today, like, hey, like what do you think about me playing through the breach and then just like also maybe having a couple cop like two copies of this card in there it's just like an, another like because i'm hitting last time i've been playing through the breach i keep hitting all these these discard matchups like it was they were just they were so prevalent 
and it was really hard assembling like the A plus B, and I was like, well, what if I just like have a couple of these guys in there to just have some eight eights that can randomly just like pop in and end a game? It that might be garbage. I, that, there's a good chance that's garbage, but it was just like ideas I'm trying to figure out with this card. So, um, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it makes sense. Like maybe it could even be a sideboard plan for some decks. Like the, right, the, the ex right. Like the experience that you're saying, where like it's just impossible to put breach plus Emrakul, just like side them out and or go I like this big three, dragon three and three in the main deck and a couple of dragons, and then you know maybe in some matchups you can cut your your combo and you can play more mid rangey threats instead. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but like I just, just, there could be something there. It exactly. just it feels really good. And and it's not super hard to protect it because there's only so much that can kill it, and it, yeah, it, it feels very strong. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like the, the, the I think the the region is definitely gonna gonna see a lot more play as as more more people are trying it out. Um, I th I think it can also be really good in like Delver shells and stuff like that. So uh, particularly yeah. comboing with the the guy that puts stuff in the graveyard with the, mm -hmm. the surveil guy, the channeler. The channel. Um, I mean, it probably there probably wants to be a Chandler Ragavan everything dragon deck, just like Chandler, Legacy. Dude. Yeah. Everything combos with the freaking Chandler. Yeah, for sure. But but yeah. Um, anyway, another thing that I wanted to cover is we talked about the food deck last week, uh, which we were calling Mugak. Mm -hmm. um, it is evolving. This deck has evolved like it, it continues to change like it continues to change and now it has taken a different shape uh, last time we talked about it and it was uh, either a red it was mostly a red green kind of shell um, it was playing stuff like Vengevine which it could trigger thanks to the the Rootwalla and like and stuff like that now people are using a different shell with uh, just going all in on the, on the whole food concept Okay, so people are going with Witches Oven. They're throwing in some some Cauldron Familiars. Yes, this is this is the food cat oven combo from from Standard. Well, that's that's banned in Standard, I guess. But like it is it is this this combo. Uh, of course, with all of Eldrain. Yeah, good old Eldrain. <laughs> Bunch of Eldrain cards. Yeah, still playing with the Fistil Troll King, of course. But now we're playing some Gilded Goose. Which can speed up the process. It can speed up the the, the 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 turns that we're doing this stuff, while at the same time providing you know just food. It is actually a food making machine that doesn't require cards like the the underworld cookbook does. And um, the list that Topete decided the challenge even is playing Trail of Crumbs. This is a card that and people. Sorry? Something I was going to mention because you said you said the goose doesn't require cards. Um, to, to be making the food, uh, neither does the cookbook in this version because it's using that uh, that like Kaladesh card oh, that says yeah. when an artifact enters your yeah so you like you pitch this creature that says when an artifact enters the battlefield you can pick this back up so now they they aren't there isn't even like card disadvantage to making the food they just tap it discard that guy the food enters they pick it back up yeah we'll chase, uh, Daredevil. chase Daredevil yeah yeah that one wow nice that, that, that was good uh, <laughs> it wasn't even rehearsed I swear. Uh, but yeah, Trail of Crumbs, which is a two mana, one and a green enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you create a food. And whenever you sacrifice a food, you may pay one. If you do, you look at the top two cards of your library. You may reveal a permanent card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest in the bone of your library in any order. So they just start sacking food, either with Asmo or with Fistial Troll King. 
or with the goose itself and then they start drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing and like most of the deck is a permanent there's only three non-permanents in the entire deck which are three bone shards uh, that is the new um, new sacrifice or discard the card removal spell and um, yeah this is the new way that that people are playing with this food deck now and of course for copies of Ursa Saga, because why wouldn't you, mm -hmm. right? Ursa Saga finds your cookbook, finds your oven, finds your cyborg piting needle, uh, Nihil Spellbomb, and this is actually genius, Shadow Spear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Playing one of Shadow Spear against against Aggro, you can just like suit up a Feasting Troll King with Shadow Spear, connect once, you're done. It's not Saga's the card I'm losing to in this deck now. Yeah. Like, Every time I'm paired against it, it'll be this grind fest that we go through until they find a saga, and then that's what I lose to, like every time. Right, you're you're talking about putting it on the troll king, like they just put it on put the on construct that they just <laughs> made from the saga. Oh, that too. <laughs> I had them put it on a goose one time, and I was like, oh, huh, <laughs> I'm hit by this goose. <laughs> Damn. That's it. Yeah, but it's always the saga that gets me. Like I, yeah. I, I've been able to like keep up with the rest of the deck now. It's less explosive, way more grindy, and then it's like, well, I'm also playing grindy decks, and I can keep up with that until they get that land, and then it's like, all right, well, <laughs> that's like a three for one, and I lose to it. Dude, like the constructs in this deck get huge. huge. Every yeah, food that big. you make grows this. So like oval chase their devil. Every t every turn with a cookbook in play just grows the the construct bigger and bigger and bigger and it's it's kind of ridiculous honestly like there's a lot of really really silly synergies going on with this deck um it's cool like i think i think this deck is actually super super cool it's the play patterns are just very very unique and it, it appeals to me that that's all i will say it appeals to me i think i think that it's doing some fun stuff it seems like the biggest find since we talked about this before was finale, the the green finale. Just pay, oh, you know, yeah. you, you get to do that for two, and or uh, you just green, green. You don't even have to pay any mana for the X because Asmo costs zero. And you know, occasionally maybe you're gonna get your goose or your cat or whatever, but just having more copies of Asmo, I think was that that was a really really nice find. Um, and I also like. I kind of just want to talk about Asmo a little bit because I've been watching Doomwake in particular, you know, push this archetype and get what seems like back to back to back five O's just constantly with this deck, um, and it seems like Asmo is just—I mean, obviously it's it's the the core of the deck, right? Like you're, it's it's what's doing all of the things um, that, and I guess also Urza Saga, but uh, <laughs> but Asmo. Uh, Playing a creature deck against Asmo looks a lot like playing against like a, a Umazawa's Jit, right? Like you, you you can't really play your creatures out into it, and if you do, it's just going to kill them. The difference is this kills everything. Like I uh, I got to try this a little bit. And I actually I played against um, Amulet, and I thought, oh man, like they're gonna dumpster, and it was like, oh hey, this kills Titan. Oh, this kills Dryad. It's just like like it just it just kills everything. Um, and I, I'm not even sure that, you know, like, the, the Troll King adding adding more power to the board is great, but I actually decided to try to take this 
and jam it in a uh, grinding station underworld breach combo deck, right? So the that deck being, you know, you, you sacrifice usually a zero mana artifact, preferably Mox Amber, you have like Emery in play or something, and you sacrifice the grinding station, you put your three cards in the graveyard, you recast it, and you just mill your whole deck, you play a Thassa's Oracle, you make a bunch of mana, yay, you win. Um, but you get to put Asmo in there, and it's like, oh, I can like sacrifice the food to my grinding stations, the Oval Chase Daredevil is milled by the grinding station, uh, the Urza's Saga is a great backup plan, you get to pressure people, it helps stop aggro, uh, Asmo is also a legend for your Mox Ambers, <laughs> it, 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 it's just, like it's and you have the, the 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 cookbook is another artifact for emery so it's just like i'm doing all of the things that i want to be doing and it's like not that much of a cost and all of a sudden matchups that used to be just atrocious you know, like your prowess matchup where they you know they play their thing they pressure you and you're just like oh i'm gonna kill your guy i'm gonna make a food i'm gonna gain three life i'm gonna gain three more life oh i got an urza saga too I, deal with this seven seven like it, it's just it, it's it's felt really good. Uh, I haven't like perfected the deck yet, but I think there's something there. I think that shell is is really powerful. It just I, I've been like racking my brains. Like, is there any other place I can do this? Should I like try to violin Asmo on zero? Like, I, I need I need Jit in taxes. This is this is what I need. <laughs> no, yeah, th- this card is not messing around. I feel like th- this is definitely the most underhyped card in terms of the actual impact that it had in the set, I think. Because I don't remember anybody talking about this card during previous season. I don't remember anybody saying that this was going to be good, or that there was going to be a deck here, or anything like that. I feel like this one felt... It just flew completely under the radar, and then people started putting it in in different shells and stuff, and now it's just like, oh... Oh wait a oh wait a second holy and it just it just does everything like it just does everything like board control pressure uh grind power by getting by getting the the cookbook um really really strong really really strong and then the, people finally figure out the nice little combo between street wraith and asmo where you can you can cast asmo yeah. on turn one by cycling a street wraith which I think it's super mm-hmm. cute <laughs> yeah. No, uh, this deck is this deck is something. I'm um, I'm looking forward to seeing how this deck is going to evolve because there's obviously multiple shells, and again, Doomwake has been the one that's been working on this deck the most. He's, I've seen him play like black red shells, red green shells. Uh, he, the one that he's been liking the most, I think, is this uh, black green shell that that we were talking about right now. Uh, that's the one that he's been having the most success with. But um, yeah, this I mean, it's this it's shows. really hard to. It's really hard to like hate out the deck. That, that yeah. people keep telling me they're like, dude, just play graveyard eight. It's like, nah, man, you just die to a construct. Like, like, what do you mean? Play graveyard eight. They still just make food, make a giant construct, and kill you. And it's like, it, it, it's it feels it feels very resilient in this shell, which is pretty cool. I saw him play against somebody. I think it was on maybe the like Jeskai Stoneblade deck, and they like forced a thought seize post board and they like did all this effort to like get a stonian to play and then he was just like oh <laughs> here's a nurse saga and it was just like all right like whatever yeah. like and and like it's just it's so hard to hit from both angles uh that there are some 
really good sideboard cards against this deck that are slowly starting to pop up. One of them, coming back to free spells, is uh, the the green force. Um, was it force of vicar? That card just you know is zero mana. Maybe they played a land and a cookbook, and you're just like kill your Urza Saga, kill your cookbook for free. Like that's that's ridiculous. Um, wear tear is another great one. Like you play against amulet, and you're like oh I get to like oh, blow up your tear. amulet, blow up your Urza Saga. Um, so I think there are some hmm. some good cards there. Obviously you have your like blood moons and things that hit Saga, but um, I think those two come to the forefront of my mind. I've also been trying to play a little bit of Kataki in my like creature-based strategy. You, you, you yeah. crude up your Kataki, and it's just like, well, now you don't have all these permanents. You just can't. Yeah, I, I, I had hearing... not thought about wear tear in a long time. Yeah, that is a that that actually might be a really good call right now. Yeah, um, yeah, I I heard a lot of people having a great success with with Kataki, particularly because of how Hardened Scales is also making a comeback. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, and obviously one thing that, uh, that is really, really good against, uh, against the, the whole saga thing is Spreading Seas. Spreading Seas has, uh, the exact same effect, uh, that Blood Moon has against, against saga. So if you do Blood Moon, I, th I think we talked about this last week, where if you Blood Moon, your saga dies, dies, like straight up, straight up, like yeah. your, your saga gets actual, actually stone rained. Um, and the same thing happens if you have, if you have a spreading seas or the new merfolk. They actually printed a new merfolk that it's uh, one mana, one one. Uh, but it is, uh, if, if you pay the kicker of one, you effectively spreading seas a land. So that is, that is stone rain actually. So <laughs> it's a two 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 two. Uh, it's it's avalanche riders. That's basically what it is. So. If you want to be beating these uh, these Asmo like Ursa Saga decks, this is what you have to be trying to focus on. Like try to focus on playing cards that that are going to to, to make it, um, to, to just have the greatest impact against this kind of strategy. And and, and these are the ones that you want to be looking at, you know. So uh, it, it's it, it's interesting. I, I feel like the the meta game still has. I mean, people. People were asking me to like write a, write a cyber guard for for amulet or whatever, and it's just like <laughs> can't right now. What what, you, what deck do you want me to tell you how exactly. to beat? Like there's 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 seven thousand different decks right now. First, in every league I go into, it's five different decks. Yeah, and it's like I, and I know not only that, but like I played one match against them. <laughs> Maybe exactly, you know what I'm yeah, saying? True, true. Like yeah. my entire experience is like I played against the food deck like twice. You know that that that's yeah. it. <laughs> When I wrote uh, when I wrote my cyber guys, like I had like literal hundreds of experience playing against uh, matches of experience playing against death and taxes. So like, that's right. why, why why I wrote that because I knew the inside out of the match. I'm like maybe I played it once, and maybe my opponent got mana screwed in one of the games. Like I I don't know. Like it's it's just it, it's just so yeah. up in the air, and it feels like new decks are literally coming up every single day. Like if you go if you go on Twitter, it literally feels like there's a new archetype being born every single day. I do think there are some decks that could potentially prey on the Asmo decks. Like it seems to me that Tron would be pretty good against it. I think Etron is at least okay. I think there are like if you can find some kind of spell based combo deck, I think you could probably do pretty well there. Like maybe like uh, um, Ad Nauseum. Or something like that might might get the job done against them. I, I don't think the deck is just like 
unbeatable. Uh, having said that, of course, they haven't adapted to the hate yet because we don't like the hate hasn't adapted to them yet. So we're not there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I've had some good experiences with Amulet against the deck. Like, I was gonna I, say I, I wouldn't even say it's like the best deck in the format though. Yeah, I think it's really good, but I'm not. I wouldn't say that's the best deck in the format. Yeah, I, I, I honestly have no idea what the best in the format is right now. Like I, I, I yeah. know the decks would, which I consider to be pretty good, I, but mm-hmm. I don't even like is, is Stoneblade, what I would consider tier one. I, I honestly don't know. Like, yeah. is Prowess still tier one? I don't know. Like I think it top eight at one <laughs> of the challenges or whatever. But like, probably yeah. That, yeah, like yeah. that 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 doesn't really make it tier one. Like I, I don't even know what right. what the actual tiers of the format is. Like we come from a modern format that was super super established. Like we had months or months of like everybody knowing that there's Heliod and there's Prowess. And then we had like all of the decks that you know were adapting to and would have like a good matchup against either one or the other. Like we we had like Green Tron mm-hmm. popping up all the time because it had a great Heliod matchup, um, and then like we had Drassitron as well. We had like Amulet in the in the middle there having a solid prowess matchup, but not such a great Heliod matchup. And and then you know playing Karn or whatever, and then. Now there's nothing. <laughs> there's literally nothing, nothing to, to like feel anchored to. Like there, there's no, right. there's no base. I, I feel like that, that's how I feel. Like that, like there's no base. There, there's no best deck in the format that I can say. Okay, so this is tier one, and then there's these decks that beat these other decks. Like I, I literally have no idea because it feels like it changes every time. And not only that, that people are changing the way that they build those decks every time as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 they're, the, they're evolving. Exactly. Yeah. Like the, the Blade decks were were playing um, the card that we just talked about, um, Solitude. Oh. People uh, people were playing Solitude in in the in the in their Blade decks, and like you don't see that anymore. Like people fi- fi- figured out like I don't know why. Like because I've I haven't played the deck, but. People, I guess, figured out that that's just not the way to be building the blade deck, and now they are playing, mm-hmm. you know, subtleties, but only in the sideboard instead of the main deck. So, it feel like everything is changing day in and day out, and there's Rapidly. nothing to grab onto. You know what I'm saying? People are yeah. also, I think, starting to just starting to come back to some of those sort of police decks, right? Like Prowess really did police the format quite a bit. And I think Heliod did too. Because you had to be able to beat infinite life, and you had to not just have X1s die everywhere, right? So I, I, I think, you know, I'm finally starting to see those decks pop up on people's streams again. Like, you know, maybe once in a league, their opponent shows up, it's like, I got I got Heliod. And like, oh, you got you got Channeler? Yeah, who cares? Infinite life. Um, and that, you know, that, that kind of thing is starting to return. So I, I think we're, like, on track to somewhere... But we don't know where. We just know that there's a bunch of powerful decks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel like there's. I would say that there's like 25 or 30 tier 1.5 and 2 decks. <laughs> Everything is a tier 1.5 or tier 2 deck, and we're we're all just like swimming in 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 between. You know? <laughs> so. Um. But uh, I, I did but... want to talk a little bit about, you know, we mentioned some decks coming back, like Affinity Things, um, and I mentioned Humans earlier. 
I, I feel pretty strongly that a, a shardless agent is just a terrible, like, you, you don't want to be doing that. Unless that card is unfair, I don't think you want to play it. Having said that, Recruiter was really good sometimes, and sometimes it just didn't do enough. Like, you would, you know, turn one noble hierarch, turn two recruiter, it's like as fast as possible, and then your opponent just, like, turn three, whatever it is, and it's just like, oh, you know, my, my Magus of the Moon was too slow against Amulet or Tron or whatever it might be. Um, but Sanctum Prelate was really, really good. Like, I, I, I'm not sure where I'm at with Recruiter, I am absolutely positive you should be playing main deck Prelates, because every time I cast that card, it's like, oh, I won! Cool! Yeah, Prelate seems grossly underrated, and I feel like it kind of has to be with the fact that, number one, it's not in the set, technically, because it was, uh, I think it was the Biobox promo. <laughs> and I feel like it was the first card that was, uh, that was spoiled, so people kind of forgot that it's actually legal. So, <laughs> so I think that just folks literally just forgot that that this card is, is is a card that you can play in modern now. And like I think it's great. Like I think this card is very 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 strong. Like it, it just lines up against against everything in in a very very um, good way. Like we were talking about the food deck and everything is a one drop <laughs> like the, the cookbook is a one drop the the bone shards is a one drop from cyborg the push the thoughts is, is all of those are one drops um there there is um the, we're talking about like prowess if you just name one against prowess you're probably in good shape and we're talking about all of the channeler decks same deal um zero for just, cascade <laughs> Zero for Cascade, like that's definitely definitely a big one. Uh, the, the Rhinos deck and Living End remain as some of the best tier 1.5 slash 2 decks in the format. <laughs> it's 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 cool. Like it's it's it feels like we still have not even talked about we haven't even uh, covered all of the cards that could potentially have an impact in the format yet. If you sanctum, sorry, this is a random question. Uh, you sanctum prelate on three, you can still petty theft, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I was gonna say because then I'm like, wait, do you name three against the cascade decks then? Because then it would turn off brazen borrower and also all of the ways they would be able to cascade because it's not chalice; it doesn't counter it. It's they can't cast it, right? right. Yeah. So, so if it was three, then it actually stopped all the cascade things and also the way to bounce it. But I guess it doesn't if if they can still cast. That's it. Actually it doesn't stop agent. Like it might. It doesn't stop it, what? It's it, it's not it's non-creature, so it doesn't stop shots. It's oh, it's not right. Right, I forgot about that. That's a good point. It hmm. would catch your like teferis and things as well. That's so. true. But shardless agent is is so such an upgrade because like. Your Thalia's used to tax that kind of thing for five, right? Like, so you would have to pay, like, four mana for your Violent Outburst and then an additional one for the, the Suspend card. And now it's just the four if you play Agent because Agent's not ta taxed. So, like, that Agent is, has been huge for those decks, and I, and I, I just stand by any fair deck trying to Agent. Just just stop. It's not what you want. Yeah, the, I think didn't we talk about that that part too, where it's just like everybody's gonna try to bring back the good old good old shardless bug days, and it's not gonna work. 
<laughs> it is not gonna work out. Um, how have you felt about Esper Sentinel Spider? I'm, I'm interested in that card because that card is another one that people were kind of high on it, and it's just I have not seen it whatsoever. Not I, single, I like it. Not a single one. I like it. So I don't think it's. I wouldn't play it in humans, and it's not that it's not good enough in humans. I just think that your deck space is is tighter you have so many things that you want to be doing and it just doesn't quite make the cut you already have um all of your one drops like humans has enough one drops right now whereas taxes could use a little bit more right so like especially if you're in mono white um whether you're on 60 or 80 if you're on 60 i would probably play two of them two esper sentinels in the 60 card lists and i'm i'm playing four in the 80 card lists. And I know people poo-pooed this card as, oh, it's a Punisher effect, your opponent chooses, it's terrible. Well, it's really actually pretty good because both things that you could choose are things that I want to do. So it's like, oh, I have one mana Thalia, great. Or, oh, one mana I draw a card. Like that's the the, the, the floor. Ristic so, study basically, yeah. Um, I mean, like, especially when you get to do things like, I had a game, I think I played against, it was against Control, and I, like, turn one Vile, and turn two, Vile in Esper Sentinel, cast Thalia. And it was just like, <laughs> bye! Like, you see ya! You know, like, what are they gonna do? Like, you're gonna, like, kill my Esper Sentinel in response, I draw a card? Oh, you're gonna counter Thalia, I draw a card? Like, great! And then, like, you go to your turn, and it's still there. And, I mean, like, if you're paying two mana to deal with my one drop it's now tempo positive i it and it and it also still just pitches to solitude and you can put equipment on it and it gets better like what what more do you people want <laughs> it's a lot for one mana i'll tell you it feels like the concept of what one mana would give you is completely off the rails like it's, one it's, mana yes. Yes, one when you mana. look at cards like Ragavan yeah. and Dragon Channeler and, and uh, these one mana these one mana creatures that have so much text and do so much, it's like, wow, like uh, this this is the new standard for one mana cards. That's insane. Give me I, uh, Ponder. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Like, give me Breard. <laughs> like, if these are the one mana creatures, where let me give me swords. Give me the good one mana spells too, man. Like these are in, these are insane one drops. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was sent a great screenshot from from Hammer, and they had Esper Sentinel in play. Their opponent went end step, bolt the Esper Sentinel, and they didn't pay. And then they drew a Hammer, and because they had Sigardazade in play, they flashed in Hammer, saved the thing, and oh now you have God. to pay eleven so that they don't draw. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. That's disgusting. Wow. Wow, that sounds that sounds like fun for the hammer player for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, last uh, little, um, I guess role players more so than you know. I guess one of them is kind of an archetype enabler in a way. Phoenix is kind of making a comeback. Did you guys see this? Well, I saw Spike was was working yeah. on it. He's working yeah. on Mono Red Phoenix. I I was I was surprised by that because I was looking over the list. And there's really only like two ways to get the Phoenix into the bin. Like it, it's just that that like kind of new the rebound faithless looting, and then Dragon Channeler like happening to hit it off a of surveil. Um, 
I, I think those are like really I guess there's maximize velocity to the, yeah. the flashback on that you can discard a card I don't know it did it, it it is a phoenix deck for sure but it also kind of just looks like mono red prowess you know yeah, like <laughs> but there, there was also a list that top 16 the, the the challenge on Sunday that is blue red and it's playing channeler oh, really? phoenix murktide regent oh, send me this playing, list you're naming cards i'm obsessed with you need to send me this list right now i didn't see this yeah yeah, yeah. dragon and phoenix chi 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 is the name of the player and they have uh, salvaging as you were saying iset charm and thought scour to put to put phoenix oh. in the, in the middle. as well as the channeler of course i'm playing this immediately i'm that excites me so much i literally like very recently um, I would say it was like it was like a uh, maybe a month before Modern Horizon stuff was happening. Ordered a playset of foil phoenixes with no like I was like I don't know when it will happen, but at some point I will be able to play phoenix in this format. I know this card can be good, and now I'm like all hyped on this dragon. So to hear that there's a deck playing both, like I'm super into that. The card that is enabling the the faithless salvaging is is really interesting so you, it doesn't you look good on the face one, of it. and it's an instant and you can you discard a guard you draw a card right um but then it rebounds and I, I think it's that rebound that's that's really useful because maybe you don't bring the phoenix back that turn but the next turn you now have a free spell as well as that extra enabler and also watching spike i realized i learned from him that if you're hellbent you can just play this card and it's worded as such that you just, draw, you just a draw a card. Yeah, it's not if you do discard. You just straight up draw a card. Mm, that's that's kind of cool. cool. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Wait, but, but... I mean, you're dis- you're discarding yeah. it when you Faithless Salvaging on your turn, though. But <laughs> discarding when you But it's funny. Well, no, sure, well, the, no, the no, no, no. The re- the, if the second one is, if the rebound, you're hellbent, then the rebound, you're just drawing a card. Yeah, yeah, but both of both of them, I mean. I mean, you can all, yeah. also just, like, decline to cast it, right? Like, it, the, the way that mm. rebound works, you can just say, no, I don't want to, and you just leave it, leave it in exile, so it's not that big of a deal, but but I just I just find it kind of funny. Um, yeah. I guess Lightning Axe also, you can discard your Phoenix too, so... Yeah, they can still play Lightning Axe. I, I think that that deck is okay. I mean, I did see a turn three screenshot from Spike where he had, like, three Dragon Rage Channelers and three Phoenixes on turn three. And it was just like, yeah, it was just like, like Channeler, Channeler, Channeler. And then it was like, Morphos, Morphos, Dart, Bobble. And it's just like, he went through over half of his deck, put all the Phoenixes <laughs> in the graveyard, and was just like, dead. Ja. <laughs> That's wild. That's crazy. Uh, and by the way, this is kind of a deck that um, would like a cantrip like Abundant Harvest, like we were saying earlier. Mm. This is exactly the kind of deck that maybe Harvest could could see play in. Probably won't, because there's better cards. But <laughs> we're just throwing that out there, because we were saying that the, that that card did not have a shell, and probably still doesn't. But like, it's it's cool that this it, it could potentially work here. And it's just tough because you're like going green, but just for that, like there's not really other green cards that you're like, ooh, I'm gonna like slam this in Phoenix. Like you're going blue because you have all these like, oh, I get to like, you have a lot of different cantrips, and I don't, I can't imagine you would go Teamer, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, 
And the other the other card uh, that I wanted to talk about is one that we didn't really talk about too much, but it's seen a significant amount of play, and that is Unholy Heat. This one really went under the radar. So it's it's a common. It's a straight up common. An instant for one red deals two damage to like a creature or planeswalker, or if you have delirium, it deals six damage to target creature or planeswalker. This card is good. <laughs> this card mm-hmm. is a lot, lot better than I expected, particularly because I feel like we all even though I say that this card was busted, I feel like we all really undervalued how easy Chandler would uh, would turn on Delirium. Mm-hmm. And, and Holy Hit really does it. Like, this card is... It just kills everything. Like, you can... I got my Primeval Titan killed for one mana. Like, I need I, need I say anything Ugh. else? Ugh. Need I say anything else? about this card <laughs> like that happened and i'm like oh, oh okay like yeah I mean, that's, that's a good deal <laughs> that's is it just a strict upgrade to murderous bolt the uh, magmatic sinkhole right um i mean in a way it kind of is i mean it i guess that mark tide regent likes cars to be exiled but i don't know like in a yeah, way like, it actually keep you keep the cards in your yard you get to deal one more damage. I mean, it's. I mean, I guess like when it's not on, you can like pitch just extra fetches or something to the the, the delve one. But I don't know. Th- th- this thing seems really good, um, at least as a sideboard option. It's just like one mana, kill your prime time, kill your smasher, kill your TKS, wh- whatever it is in red. You're not. You're not pushing. You're not pathing. You're just in red, and you're like, ah, kill anything that's red. like. It, they used to print it at five. And now, like this set, we with this and Asmo, it's like six damage. It it just kills everything. Yeah, that's that's one more, and that one more <laughs> is the difference between having some things that maybe dodge it to just literally killing everything. I, I guess that the only thing that you can't kill is like a big, big, beefy Merktide regent, but. <laughs> Right. Everything else in the format dies to this. Maybe like a Ravager that got out of hand or something, but... Uh... I mean, it even kills, like, you play... We've complained about these Planeswalkers that start at such high loyalty. Like, Karn, you play it at four, it ticks up, it's at six. Ooh, six! Convenient! One mana! Pop! No Karn for you! Bye-bye! Like, I, I, that, that's, that's great. Yeah, yeah, this card is no joke. This card is no joke, and I feel like this one really, really went under the radar. I don't remember seeing anybody Definitely. talk about this one. Yeah, no, it's it's super did. Yeah, so that's cool. That's cool. Man, it's it's awesome to see how how the format continues to evolve, and it's just it's just fun. It's just fun to see cards like like this one, for example, which I I honestly I did not consider this one at all <laughs> i did not think that this one was gonna see any play whatsoever and and now we see it kind of like kind of showing up and it's it's nice that we're still in the how, how could i call it the honeymoon phase uh we're still sort of in the honeymoon phase where people are still trying out so you still see like uh you know maybe cars that are not gonna make the cut once we get to that spot where the meta is actually established 
So like you can see uh, if you go through the results of the ch of the challenge, for example, you you see like I don't know, like there's there's one of Fury in the sideboard of of like a Delver style deck. Like that card is not gonna make it, you know. Like you, you know that that card is not gonna survive, and like the person was just trying it out, kind of see what's up, and like feeling whether whether they they would enjoy like whether that card was actually good or not, and. I don't know. Maybe they figured out it was good. I doubt it. <laughs> I really as, doubt it. But as the taxes guy, yeah, it's terrible. Don't play that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it definitely doesn't demolish my board. <laughs> but yeah, um, cool guys. Uh, anything else that you that you wanted to to cover, or do you do you want to wrap it up? That was it for me. Feeling That's good. It. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you are still listening, of course. Uh, but uh, this was a nice little update of the current state of, of modern. Where can we find you guys on on the internet? Uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go first this time. Yeah, uh, Spider Space. You can find me on Twitch, just Twitch.tv/spiderspace. I'm also on Twitter. It's Spider Space MTG on Twitter. And then I am uh, Everos on uh, on Twitch, and then uh, Everos TTV on on Twitter. That's right, because you have a Twitter now, huh? Yeah. Good job, man. Good job. <laughs> you can find me on Twitch uh, on Twitch.tv/fpawlusz, and you can find me on YouTube, Twitter, and Patreon at fpawlushmtg. That's gonna be it for Mission's Bubble this week. Hopefully, you enjoyed the episode. And we will catch you on the next one. Take care.